Hello, welcome to Saladcast. Myself, Ollie, and Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? Uh, all right, yeah. It's been an up and down week. Uh, one terrible result, one good result, I suppose. And um, floods, cold, rain, snow. Ollie, we've had it all this week, haven't we, in terms of what's been thrown at us? You've just mentioned something that reminded me of something. It was quite funny that um, Ricketts and um, Lewis Cox seemed to go along with it as well in the post-match after mm. um, the, the Bristol Rovers result. That um, A week is now eight days. Um, because um, <laughs> Sam Ricketts said we got six points um, in the week, which obviously includes last Saturday. Mm. But no, the week is eight days. That doesn't count, though. Uh, which is, no, which I thought was just quite funny. So, yeah, you just reminded me of that. Maybe he was added on the extra day for the leap year, Ollie, because, you know, extra day, in, extra day in February and all that. So maybe he was just doing some, some calendar maths. But, yeah, I mean, overall, in terms of a week, you know, it's off the back of beating Doncaster, which we talked about last time, taking another three points across the week, six from nine. It's, it's starting to look a little bit better, I suppose, and... There are some things to look at in both these games which are which are still problematic and, and probably things that um, if you're still in a negative mindset you can poke holes at. But there are some signs of progress as well, I suppose. So it's, 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 it is a different phase I think we've ended now, that's for sure, isn't it, Ollie? It was definitely a week or two halves. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. So, yeah, I guess probably worth just jumping into the action, I guess. But there is Shrewsbury second. They can't deal with it. And it's Cameron Gale. With his first goal on loan from West Bromwich Albion. So, riding high on the uh, positive result of beating Doncaster, we welcomed uh, what was uh, currently an abject Tranmere Rovers team to the meadow on Tuesday night, which um, unfortunately didn't go our way, Ollie. We lost 3 2 um, to Tranmere. Our goals through Pierre and Callum Lang. Tranmere's goal, obviously, one of them was scored by an ex player as usual in Mark Ellis, and then Woodyard and Charlie Taylor on 95 minutes. So, not the result we were hoping for to kick on um, at the start of this week after after a positive result versus Doncaster. But one thing just bearing in mind again, Ollie, another home game I've been to where the announced attendance seemed to be nowhere near how many people were there. Um, 5,009 fans in total with 478 from Tranmere. It's almost like they didn't want to go too far over five. <laughs> It, it it does seem a little bit like that. Now, you know, again, like the other week when we were looking at how many people were actually there, I, I don't think there were more than 4,200, 4,300 fans there. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a sign that the crowds are dropping off and it seems to be, you know, like we talked about the other week, that maybe it's just season ticket holders not coming. There is a, a slight bit of balance with this one, Ollie. Um, as everyone's aware, who's lives in Shrewsbury, if, you, if you're listening to this from abroad, you've probably seen it in the national news anyway, in the international news, that we've been suffering from really bad floods, haven't we, Ollie? And, um, yeah, it was a right nightmare on Tuesday night around Shrewsbury when the floods peaked and obviously flooded Colum and, and all sorts of parts of town. So I suppose there is that slight caveat there with that attendance figure. Yeah, it was. And it's, um, yeah, it's it puts football into, into context, doesn't it, when that kind of thing happens? And yeah. People's houses have been damaged and businesses impacted and people's um yeah have lost i'm sure some cherish um their home and things like that so it puts it all into con- into context really i guess um and which is yeah something that's yeah, hard for those guys that have suffered. So our thoughts it, goes to those guys. It does. That's very well said, Ollie. Our thoughts do go to those guys. I suppose, like most people in Shrewsbury this week, I've been trying my best to, you know, get bits and pieces from the shops in Colum and visit the cafes and then the deli there and the butchers to kind of help them get them back on their feet after losing that much trade. But you know, we are a podcast about this town, and it is worth reflecting on what was a difficult week for it. And um, yeah, I suppose on my behalf, if you if you happen to be going around that area of town, try and support those businesses. Maybe go and get your hair cut down there. I could certainly do that with Ollie. But um, yeah, there we go. That, that way, away from the floods that was that was uh, the crowd thing but yeah Salap had uh, won three of the last four games against Trammy so we've got pretty good form obviously we had beat them at their place despite them going down to 10 men um but we've never done a league double over Trammy and that did not change um, on Tuesday night, it's got it, an interesting stat, really, isn't it? We've never done the double over them. Yeah, it is interesting. You would have thought it would have happened at some point, Ollie. So, um, yeah. 
Team selection. Obviously, we're not looking at five at the back again, already. So go on, run us through the through the team selection. Yep. So we had um, Leary and Gold again. Um, Ramsey came in um, to mm. um, to work alongside Ebanks, Pierre, and Beckles in defence. Yep. And then we played played a, a more of a four three three in this game. Um, we've got sitting Vela and Edwards, Lang and Laurent as wingers, um, and Ado up front. Um, yep. So more of a four three three. Yeah, it's funny actually. This is the formation that I would play on Football Manager. Um, so it's nice to see Shrewsbury playing a, a formation that I'm quite um, quite um, quite like. Hold on, um, didn't, didn't you mention this to Sam Ricketts in pre-season when we met I him? Did. Ollie? <laughs> Do you think he's finally so, the, the, he's twigged? The, he's finally twigged that Ollie had it right all along. Um, yeah, it was interesting with Lawrence's position, really. I suppose wasn't it in terms of? It's a good point, actually. Something I wanted to bring up. Yeah, that having Beckles a central defender left back and having a, a mid-central midfielder on the left wing meant mm. that the left flank was pretty weak. Weak, non-existent as attacking threat. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. It wasn't quite the balance you wanted um, for me personally across this game. And um, I don't think that the right wing was overly strong either, Ollie. And we'll come to that as we go through the it game. But probably fair to say <laughs> this is, could be one of the worst halves we've had all season. I mean, how many times have we said that now? It, it is fair. We do say it a lot. But I would but agree. To lose 2-0 oh, yeah. and to really basically not create any chances. Um <laughs> It was pretty poor. It's an interesting one looking back now because obviously, and also the context of the team. Sorry, it's yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's fine. I, I agree. It's, it's funny because we were so angry. I think most people were angry Tuesday night, weren't they? You know, not only the yeah. first half, but obviously the final result, the way the final result went, and we'll go through it as we get on there. There was a lot of anger and a lot of frustration that we may have just taken two steps back from the, from the positive result against Doncaster. It's a bit different now because we obviously moved on another game. We've got a win away at Bristol Rovers, so our, our context and our review of this is a bit more interesting. But I think it is fair to reflect how abjectly crap we were in the first half, particularly in this game, because it was again just a big sign that made me think. What is Ricketts doing? What? Why have we gone backwards so quickly in a couple of days again? And it it was an incredibly worrying first half performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It mm. was really poor. So, what were the highlights? Um, Move on. There weren't any. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't many. There wasn't many. It won't take too long. Don't worry, guys. It's not going to take us too long to get through this one. <laughs> um, Lang put a cross in for the box, but it was too far for Laurent. Um, he put it back in the box, recycled, and Doe had a good opportunity there. That was really close to the post. That was probably our best chance. The um, whole half, or, yeah. On the half, yeah. Um, and then it didn't take too long um, for Ellis, which I'm sure you didn't appreciate that he scored, but I'm sure when you sat down and realised what had happened, Glenn, and took a moment to reflect, I'm sure you had some kind of wise smile on your face that yep. another former player scored against us. Eighth of the season. Now we're just one behind last season's nine. I think I mentioned this last week, didn't I? But yeah, yeah eight ex-players. I mean, you say I didn't realise it was Ellis. I just assume an ex-player has scored every goal against us <laughs> this season. So, um, yeah, I looked up and saw him celebrate. Nearly a third of all of our goals have been scored by ex-players. Yeah. The last time Mark Ellis scored a game, by the way, was when Tramir in the football conference in 2000. 2017. So it's not like he's popping up regularly to score goals uh, for no. Tramir. So it's just even more embarrassing to to let us go behind to to that goal. And the goal was poor, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Edwards got done a bit too easy out on the on the right wing, and the cross comes in, and he's basically completely unmarked. And um, to well, me, it, was, it wasn't necessarily unmarked, but it wasn't but no one reacted to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was a case of a lot of the goals we conceded recently. Um, yeah, made made me think back a little bit to the Rochdale game where there was a, a case of saying, did the defenders want it as much as the attackers sometimes? And 
you know, you can't really say the change of not having an extra defender back there changes that. Your desire is your desire. Whether you're playing in a five or a four, your desire should still be there. And, and you know, sometimes the defenders have lacked it a little bit, which is what's kind of maybe cost us a couple of these goals over the last few weeks. It was just an abject performance, <laughs> without saying too much. I think it's worth just noting as well that this was Ellis's first start of the season. Oh, was it? Um, I didn't realise so, that. Yeah, so, yeah. He, God. He's not, he can't it's really say that he was match, yeah, match fit and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it was his first start. So, so that was, how long was that? Was that 11 minutes? Yep. Yeah, 11 minutes. No, nine minutes in, sorry. And we we're 1-0 down. Fuck. And then five minutes later, we concede again. So a long ball up forward. Um, basically sets up a shot for Morrison and it's saved by O'Leary who does a good save but he parries it into the wrong area and follow up mm. by Woodyard who's first to react and fires at home 2-0 um, and I don't swear often on the podcast but at this point it was fuck's sake we are 14 oh. minutes in against a team in a relegation fight and not just a relegation fight as I've put on Twitter the teams in the relegation zone at the moment are on below average points per game so they are abject teams. They've got 26 points from 32 games um, as we sit here on Sunday. And the most embarrassing thing about all of that for me, Ollie, was that basically they were better than us. They play, they looked better than us. They looked faster. We looked a yard short. They just up for it, weren't they? There yeah. was a, a bite to their performance, the bite and kind of desire. And, and we had we didn't have it. And I talked about desire is a good word again. Second goal, you know, they wanted it from that rebound more than any of our defenders could react. We were slow and and cumbersome to it. And and you know they were they weren't worth maybe a two 0 lead because it only been a short period of time. But they were definitely worth being ahead at that point in time. Um, and to me, it was it was a very worrying situation around the meadow. I think people were just sort of throwing their hands up and saying, "Oh well, we all kind of expected this in some weird kind of respect." And um, you know, no, you you kind of worried how bad it was going to get. For me, you know, the atmosphere. We we talked across the season of a couple of times where atmosphere got toxic. I don't think it did. Um, even when we went two 0 down, Ollie, I think that town fans were just a bit. Um, I don't know. It was such a big blow to the solar plexus that there was yeah. just a, a big sort of expiration of air, and it was like. It is what it is. And I think that that message that we've been repeating, that we know that Ricketts is probably not going to get sacked, that's starting to permeate across the fan base a bit more now. And it's almost like we're just going to have to watch whatever he puts out every week. And whatever happens won't happen till the summer. And c'est la vie sort of thing. You know, I, I, you know, I think we're past the point now where it'll really get that bad because obviously Bristol Rovers have changed that a little bit. But I, I think that that game kind of proved that Town fans have almost resolved to the, the situation that it was, I think. Yeah, well, I tweeted during the game a couple of tweets from me at this mm. point in the game. So one is when we'd conceded, I put normal service resumed. <laughs> um, I did then tweeted that, that um, I think this probably might be one of the most liked tweets I've had. I did Tranmere fans are singing, how shit must you be? We're winning away. <laughs> and all week I've had um, Tranmere fans liking that tweet. Um, and then at half time I just said, God, we're crap, bored, off the pace, Ricketts ball. But the players were just making poor decisions, poor passing. It was just... The worst of Shrewsbury Town in 2019-20 on showing that half. Yeah, and I mean, there were some other things during that half that were worrying. There was the fact that um, we, we couldn't score, but Tranmere still looked awful at the back, Ollie, didn't they? They were they yeah, were quite they shaky. Weak. Yeah, they looked really weak. They were shaky. They they didn't really kind of come out with that much gusto. Once they got into midfield, they transitioned better. But, you know, Mark Ellis did look like a player that hadn't played for ages, to be fair, and, and I didn't know that until you said it. So I, I always thought, you know, if we can get one back, we might get a couple. And you kind of had that little bit of faith. But one one thing that stuck out to me in that in that first half in terms of the, the amount of quality, and I think I took a video and put it on Twitter, was we had a free kick right on the edge of the box. And we just hit it over all of our players straight yeah, out Goss for a goal kick. One, Goss, he? yeah. I mean, he's supposed to have this good delivery. Terrible free kick. Um, and that that sort of, you know, compounded that, that sort of attitude of sort of, I don't know, kind of giving up in the in the sort of fans that were around me. And then later on, really, Tramir should have gone 3-0 up, Ollie, when Max O'Leary made that save on the goal line. That was 
unbelievable oh, chance. Man, if that had gone in, that would have been a, an interesting <sighs> half-time um, reaction from the fans. Mm, I, I, yeah, I mean, Goss for me stood out as the worst in that half volley. He was tremendously missing. He, he looked like he didn't want to be playing Goss sometimes. He didn't want to get involved in anything. Didn't like the physicality. Tranmere were physical. They're, they're, um, it's Andy Cook up front, isn't it? He kind of bullied our centre-backs a little bit, which I didn't like to see that much. But anytime anyone went near, went near, near Goss, it looked like he was going to run a mile. And um, my brother's taken to calling him the passenger. And I think it, it, in performances like that, you can see why he has kind of got that tag because he just goes missing in games like that. He just does not like the rough and tumble of League One football. It wasn't just Goss who was poor. So we're at half time, um, really poor half. Um, and he had to take, you know, he could have subbed, you know, you mentioned Goss, he could have mentioned, subbed off quite a few players in that half. For sure. Um, and he's uh, subbed off Vela at half time and brought on Cummings. Um, which obviously was an interesting move. That meant that Laurent went into a more natural central midfield place position, um, and then we played um, two forwards kind of cutting in. So Lang on the left flank cutting in, and Cummings cutting in onto his left foot. Um, and we started the second half, and you know we did improve. But let's be honest, we only had to make two passes, and would have been that would have been an improvement. Yeah, we, we did get back into it a little bit. And as I say, I think that was overall helped by the fact that Tranmere were still not an overly great team, to be honest with you. Um, one, one thing we didn't mention in the first off, Ollie, I did mean to mention, was it, it was pretty clear that that um, Blackett-Taylor was giving Ramsey an absolute runaround, wasn't it? We talked about... In the first half, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah Put that in the agenda. First half, he, he run a mock of him. Um, but I think second half, I thought he actually did quite well and Ramsey probably was winning the battle in the second half for most of the half. Yeah, possibly got back into it, but I think obviously we'll come back to the goal with the, the way that that looks. And I don't know. To me, it, it seemed a little bit more... I don't know why Love isn't playing at the moment in that situation because it felt a little bit like watching that, that player who's clearly Tramier's best player and obviously goes on to score the winner. Maybe the experience of Love might have been a little bit more sensible in that situation, but... But why don't you double up? Well, exactly. Yeah. You double up. You, you know, you hear, hear professional footballers talking on podcasts and I can remember um, um, Gary Neville talking about it, that if you're a right-back and you're getting skinned and you're under pressure, you make your midfielder come and give you a bit of hand, but no one seemed to want to help him out. No, no, they didn't. Um... Yeah, so I did mean to mention that first half, but he, you know he he continued to be a threat in the second half, despite us kind of recuperating a little bit. Um, particularly as he had a shot just over the bar, didn't he? Sort of um, quite early on into the half, and he, he was such a focus for their for their attacks. Yeah. It does does make me wonder how bad they must be at the back that they haven't got a, a, a sort of prayer of staying up really. Well, yeah, they're missing that big central defender they had as well, didn't they? So they must be struggling with injuries a bit mm. as well. But yeah, they did look very poor at the back. Um, I'd buy him, Ollie. Yeah, we're looking to play wingers next year. Well, yeah, if we could, he's probably a, probably too good for us. I'd say maybe <laughs> next season. But um, if we want, we need definitely need some wingers. That's something we can maybe come to after we've done the Bristol Rovers game. The, mm, sure. the, the balance of the squad. Um, but um, I think it's fair to say we were playing direct football in this half. Um, we're basically just completely bypassing the field and getting the ball to the strikers as fast as possible. And it did did start to come of something. We were a bit better. Um, Lauren put a cross into the box. It was cleared for a corner. Um, corner comes in, back post, and who's there, Glenn? Big Aaron saves the day again uh, on his mission to become our top goal scorer this season. Yeah, big head, a big big goal. Um, and I'd, I'd sort of been talking to Chris Hudson at half time, and he, you know, I think it was Chris Hudson. I was talking to someone. I, I forget. I'll just name check Chris anyway. But um, sort of talking about how. You know, despite they were being two 0 two nil up, Tramir, the situation they're in, there would have been a lot of pressure still on them, even at two nil, to to let one in and then completely choke it. And I suspect they've done that quite a few times because what happened from the Pierre goal through to our second goal was was testament to that. But yeah, you can't blame Pierre for for anything. Well, you can't credit him any more than just being in the right place at the right time. And you know, with all the defenders, he seems to be the one consistently that's kind of at least threatening to score goals and, and actually scoring some. So he, he deserves some credit for that. 
Yeah, he's our second joint top goal scorer in three goals. Which, and there is Ado, Norburn and Beckles um, on that number. Um, only Jason Cummings with four goals. Considering that Bristol Rovers, who are not having a great season, their top goal scorer has got 11. we got no one who's... We're gonna, if we, anyone gets into double figures, it would be a miracle at this point. Regardless of what happens this season, Ollie. Our goal-scoring exploits this season are nothing short of totally embarrassing, and um, you, you can't capture it any other way than that. No. It'd be nice if someone bagged a hat-trick or scored three or four goals over the course of five, six games or something towards the end of the season, but you can't really see it happening, can you? To no, you? So, not when you look at the fixture list. So that was it. But as, as I said, Tramish shit the bed for me in that five minutes yeah, afterwards. And, um, you know, we, Which cred- is interesting, because um, I was having some correspondence with some Tramir fans, and this one Tramir fan saying, no, um, he was really worried. I was like, oh, no, you're fine, you're fine, we're rubbish going forward. And then, then, then we go. We go down the other end, uh, and we make it two all. Yeah, a great, great goal as well, wasn't it? Obviously, Ado, we didn't stop running. To be fair to him, and he never really does. Um, sort of led us on an attack. Came out to Lang in space, and he sort of dropped his shoulder, cut in, and, and thundered the ball into the back of that, didn't he? On, on a sort of a on an angle, which was a really, really good finish. To be fair, and um, you know, credit for him. He worked hard as well, Lang in that second half, particularly, and you know, actually quite a quality goal, I thought, Ollie. Yeah, it was. And I think that was what we were playing for, wasn't it? We were basically saying, right, OK, you know, we're playing a new tactic, a new formation. Let's just get the ball forward, um, get the ball to the off uh, 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 forwards and see what they can do. Um, and fortunately for Shrewsbury Town, um, Lang um, scored a goal, which, you know, you wouldn't imagine, you know, even a, a good player, you know, a championship standard player would score more than one or two of those a season. Yep. Um, and we got that one of them that game and we're back at two all. Which, I don't know, obviously I was really pleased and obviously absolutely delighted with scoring such a wonderful goal. Two all. I did feel a bit sorry for Mickey Mellon at that point. <laughs> I, you couldn't see it at half-time, could you, the way we played? No. In all honesty. To, to but it wasn't really a tactical to... masterclass, was no. it? We scored it from a corner and we got to Lang, who shot and went in the back of the net. It wasn't any kind of tactical masterclass. It was get the ball forward and, and, and take the opportunities. But then, I guess, in, in defence of Ricketts, uh, you know, he, he deserves a bit of luck for his strikers actually doing something with the ball because he... He has been let down by the strikers all season. Yeah, true. And I'll give and I'll give him credit for the sub at half time. It probably probably was the right, right sub to get us on the on the right foot, didn't it? It got us going forward a little bit more, and we did look a little bit more to get in their faces and just rattle them a little bit more. And and that was all very important into to kind of making that turnaround. So he deserves that credit there. However, after the goal, to me, you have to give Mickey Mellon a bit of credit because after that goal, Shrewsbury looked shot to pieces. One guy was was fully down on his knees another guy had his hands on his hips looking like he was blown out of his ass. Andy Cook to me at that point he looked like he was shot to pieces he could hardly run and I thought they're gone here we're definitely going to win this I was so convinced looking at them in the body language and what did Mellon do pretty much straight away he made two big subs didn't he and he really yeah. changed it and he got them back in it and he and he started to turn that tie back in their favour because between half time and 61 when we scored it was all us it was control yeah. it was totally town all over but from when we when we made that change when he made that change sorry after 61 minutes it did kind of make the game a little bit more open end to end and anyone could have won it whereas up to 61 it was only ever going to be us that won it so yeah Mellon deserves some credit as much as, as as Ricketts did in the second half of the substitutions if you ask me yeah I understand what your viewpoint I'm, I'm not going to give the manager too much credit in terms of he did make a good change but he was just basically relying on the player's ability to do something yep. um, so yeah I understand Reactive what you're subs. saying 
reactive yeah. subs as well to reactive the situation, subs, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Tramish should have gone so, ahead straight away. <laughs> well, yeah, Tramish should have gone ahead away. Um, volleying the box fired at O'Leary. Great um, save that was. Then Cummings has fouled by the left back and no yellow. That was really odd. He should have gone off at the point. I think so. We have to kind of in this spell, um, there were so many opportunities to score, and it, and when um, Lauren got through for that, I think it felt it was. I think his Which third time? opportunity. Um, I just started laughing. It's like everybody did. Because it's it's so um, how to put it it's just he had so many opportunities to score and he's had so many opportunities all season to score. Yeah, Lauren could easily have eight goals, maybe even ten goals. What do you think? Well, he should have really. I mean, he's you know, he gets about- opportunities, and that's where I think I can feel a bit of again frustration for Ricketts because he's getting his team into the right places. But then would you criticise the recruitment that we're not taking them? Um, it's very frustrating. It's tricky. I went on Love Sport Radio last night to talk about the game, and they were asking me about Laurent and about you know is he is his form picked up? And because I'd previously been on there a few weeks back talking about how he sort of drifted away, and I said yeah he has picked up a little bit, but there's still those there's still those parts of his game that make you know why he's playing for us, and he hasn't moved to the championship yet. Yeah, and may, maybe he'll move to the championship next season. He might not quite. I'm kick not on. sure he's not sure he's he can if he if his his, ability, his shooting ability is just not simply just not good enough. I said, Ollie, he's a top ten to twelve League One player at this current moment in time, and yeah. I think that's fair, you know. And in reality, we're a little bit below that, but maybe he is one of our better players when he's on his game. Just doesn't happen as much as as it should do. And, and as I said, we repeat the point: League One players are inconsistent; they will not play the the top level every week. So he falls into that category. But um, yeah, his shooting is atrocious, Ollie, in, on the evidence of that game and on the evidence of the season, really. And it's something he can definitely work on. I suppose for a player, it's good to know that you've got those weaknesses and you can try and build on it. And shooting is something. If you drill and drill and drill and drill, it is something you can get better at. But to me, a lot of the time, he snatches at chances, Ollie, and I think that is just a mental part of your game rather than technique. Yeah, I'm not really sure what else we can say about this. It is <laughs> another opportunity for him to um, to score, um, and it didn't happen. And then, you know, to be fair, I thought that Mickey did do a little bit of respect the point. Tramir got deeper into the last five minutes, Ollie, um, and Town did sort of have maybe a bit more of the majority of, of, the, of the sort of later chances and, and certainly the possession. But... To be fair, once they got that chance, even into injury time, whatever it was, it was a really good goal for them, I thought, in terms of a winner. It was a total sickener. And it and I've rarely known the meadow deflate as much as it did during during this moment. But, you know, quite a clever, well-worked kind of finishing goal, really, in terms of, 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 a, of a counter-attack. It was, it was a good counter-attack. Um, unfortunate for us, and is a... Poor defending in the sense that there was Goss next to next to the the striker, um, left winger, um, and Ramsey was quite far from him, so we were a bit all over the place at the back. And yes, and we counted, and it was a, a okayish strike. But would you maybe um, um, criticise O'Leary's reaction? Uh, on the night, looking at it, I thought it was just a good finish. To be honest, he really sort of placed it where he wanted to place it. Yeah, maybe O'Leary could have done better, but I, I'm so I'm so. 50-50 on giving O'Leary criticism because for every moment like that that happens every six or seven weeks there are 10-15 moments in between where he makes good saves and is solid as hell yeah. so I, I really, really want to get on his back to be honest with you I don't, don't think it was worthy of that much criticism to be honest No I totally agree with that he made an absolutely wonderful save on Saturday well, um, which earned us the three points But he's just, um, he's just kept two clean sheets out of three as well so you know it's yeah. not that bad is it? No, no, exactly. It was a, it was an unfortunate one. Maybe one you could have potentially reacted to a bit better, but yeah, here that that is what it is, and we are where we are. But it went in, Ollie, and my overriding emotion was just this: this is a shit result. 
a really, really bad yeah. Did result. Did you see Sam Rickett's reaction at the time? He went down onto his, like, almost not his knees, but, you know, he crouched down, <laughs> I guess, in despair. Um, and he didn't really come out too far, did he, to cut the fans at the end of this one? He got massive abuse from the West End where I was, a really big booze, and, and a lot of people saying F off this. And, you know, there's sort of usual culprits, I'm sure, that shout out the loudest. But, um, yeah, it did, you know, at that point in time, without knowing what happened at Bristol Rovers, it didn't look good for him again. And, um, you know, people people were not going to put up with losing to a poor Tramia team at home. And I think it's fair for you to vocalise that these sort of results are not acceptable at home. And, um, you know, I, I, he's heard it. Well, you know, we'll see what happens at the next home game, won't we? But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't great for him. It wasn't great for the fans. Um, and it just left us all week with a lot of questions, didn't it? It was two steps backwards, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, Doncaster um, was obviously a good step forward. But losing to such a poor side at home, um, for me, was two, step for- two steps backwards. Um Defensive errors and uh, just failing to make chances, take chances again. Um, and you know you can criticise players and things like that, you know, for performances, but trends. That's that's the responsibility of the manager. Yep. And the trend is this season we cannot score. Um, you know, we had seventeen shots, six on target, um, and you know, like just can't get my head past the Lawrence chance. Like that was a superb opportunity, um, and. Yeah, that comes down to recruitment um, and and, and tactics and all that kind of stuff. If only we'd sign Will Grigg, Ollie. <laughs> we'd be well, rolling in. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to sign a player of that calibre to try and do something. You do at the start of the season, not not uh, exactly. waste money in, in January. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was a game we had very, very rarely had full control of at any point. It was 50-50 possession. The, the shots were 17 to us, 12 to them. You know, we shaded that a little bit, but six on target each. I think that they had way more corners than us. They had 12 to our six. So it was quite, a, it was a game of end-to-end football. There was no control for either team. It was kind of harem scarem, get at each other. And those sorts of games, like the Bristol Rovers game we lost 4-3, Ollie, can go either way. And sometimes we'll come out on the right end of it, sometimes we won't. Twice this season we haven't. Um, and, and, and I think that does make you think, Rick, it's, it's, that's the reason why he likes control. Because it must be sickening to as a football manager to lose games like that. You want to control it. Yeah, you might lose 1-0, but you can think, well, the strategy was there. To me, it was just a bit of throw everything at the kitchen sink second half and see what happens. And, and that's what yeah. became of it, really. Yeah, and that's why I was not overly, you know, I don't think it's, yeah, again, it wasn't a tactical masterclass second half. um, And then pushing for that win um, cost us, um, yeah, you know, could we have respected the point? Um, I think we we created good enough chances to score. And I can imagine Ricketts, when he's doing analysis with his coaching staff, I'm sure they're as tired as we are of, of players not taking opportunities. A point, a point would have been fine after winning on Saturday. So there we go. It didn't happen. For me, my top three, Ollie, I just want to get off this game now. Yeah, um, I went for Lang. He was tireless in his running, even in the first half. He was one of the ones that sort of stood out as, as putting the most effort in. So I went for Lang, number one. O'Leary for, for the save that really kept us in it, um, from stopped us from going 3-0 down, but also his general performance and a couple of the other saves he made at vital points. Um, as I said, I wasn't overly upset about the goal, the, the third goal, but it seems weird to pick a keeper that's let in three but he has generally been all right in that game for me um, and then I went for Edwards for third there was, a, there was a few that kind of could have had third but he has been one of the players that's stepping up and, and is kind of going into those tackles and is the one trying to chase balls down and make things happen um, so I, I think that he, he did alright in this game but no one was stellar to be honest with you earlier No, no one was stellar I think that's fair I, I think as, yeah, as a bit of a summary like town were better second half but not good at all we played no football it was just hit and hope Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a game where you just felt that we were rudderless um, yeah. and left very yeah. kind of disappointed. Top three was a bit of a struggle. Um, went for Lang, O'Leary, and Pierre. Um, 
And that was that, I think. Um, in yep. terms of Ricketts' comments, disappointed losing the game, angry and disappointed at being 2-0 down. <laughs> a few changes at half-time, we're back in it. And then 30 minutes were gone. We had some unbelievable chances. We just couldn't take them. Uh, missing chances should really score. Story of the season. Um, parts of the performance is good. Some of it's really poor. We can't concede blah, three, whatever. Um, improved what t- this team was capable of. I think that's not really true um mm. and again the only and again the only explanation he ever comes up with is you know the number of games and injuries and stuff there's never any self-reflection which we would probably pounce on and criticize to be fair but at the same time there's no there's no i'm sure there is accountability from he's the manager i've never said anything that doesn't make me suggest he isn't being accountable for what is happening but there's nothing in his press conferences that that specifically addresses that point. No. Um, maybe that's a wise thing to do because fans are just criticising for it um, because of it. <laughs> and but, us. <laughs> yeah, and us, definitely. So I understand that. It's just a bit frustrating hearing the same old nonsense. Oh, yeah. It's not nonsense, but it's the same old same old jargon. But to be honest, if I was in this situation, I'd probably just want to get through without making any cock-ups. Yeah, especially after that kind of result. Any Anything is open. You can't to, win, can to, you? To, I'm not even going to talk about his post-match on this one. It was just to kind of bland and, and did what it needed to do, I suppose, in terms of that. I mean, for me, it, it, the overall summary of the day was we had a disaster, flood disaster in Shrewsbury during the daytime and we had a football disaster in Shrewsbury at the night time and I think that kind of sums that game up, Ollie. Yeah, so we fast forward <laughs> to um, to a windy and wet Saturday. Again, that seems to be the theme of the winter, uh, windy mm. and wet. Um, and we fast forward to a trip away to Bristol, so the second time we've gone to Bristol this season. Pierre Cummings... This is Aaron Pierre from distance, finds the corner in the 89th minute. Is that the goal that sets up the tie with Liverpool in the fourth round? What a story this could be. Yeah, and interestingly, uh, I did think about this. I went, I covered my pre-match. I took the kids down to Bristol. We went on the SS Great Britain, um, which is which is docked in a, in a dry dock in Bristol. And looks at that, really interesting old historic ship. And then we walked along the dock and went in a, a museum about Bristol as well. And I was sat in this Bristol museum and there was all sorts of Bristol rovers and Bristol um, city memorabilia there. And it made me think... When would the last time have been that we did a Bristol double away? Uh, sorry, in a season where we beat both Bristol teams, whether it was home or away, it doesn't really matter. And good old Phil Thomas, you know what he's like with his statistics, came back and he said it was in in the nineties um, when we beat both of them for the last time. So you know we've, we've beaten them both this season, so it's quite nice to, to write Just our Bristol not in record. Bristol. Yeah. Well, yeah, is that, is that both of them in Bristol? Was it one of them in Shrewsbury as well? Obviously, we won against Bristol City at home, didn't we? But I don't, I don't know about the last time. I just yeah. meant both teams in one season. So but it's yeah, a rarity. It's it's a rarity, and mainly because Bristol City have been miles above us for years. But um, <laughs> that's part of the problem. But yeah, we obviously went there and won one nil, Ollie, um, with Mr. Danny Ado getting the goal. Um, yeah, three hundred ninety-six town fans were there. As I say, I went down, took the kids, took a brolly, stood on the terrace. Um, exactly the same spot where we saw uh, Robman and Toto sort of combine um, and score that winner. Um, so. Good memories of standing on that terrace, and and yeah, to be fair, I, in, I would say in general, I had some quite good memories on Saturday as well. Cool, cool. So yeah, who started in this game? Um, it was some familiar faces. Um, so we had O'Leary in goal again, Ebanks and Pierre um, in central defence, and um, Beckles um, was at left back again. Still, God knows where Goldborn is. Uh, I don't really think he'd done anything <laughs> wrong to him. No, he's a bit harsh, uh, isn't it? Yeah, um, and then Williams um, playing at right back. So we went full Pulis. Yes, all uh, centre backs. Four central, defender, central defenders, which had an impact, I think, on our performance. Um, <laughs> and then we played a bit of a different formation, a kind of uh, more of a two, um, a four-two-three-one. Yeah. Um, with Cummings on on the the right flank, Lang on the left, 
Laurent um, is the number 10 um, and Odo up front. Um, so yeah, um, what did you kind of, what, yeah, what was your kind of expectations you went into this game, Glenn? What were you hoping for? So I only, I only really saw the team just before we got in, really. So we got in because it was so horrible and cold. We didn't want to be there hanging around for too long. So we got in about 50 minutes before kickoff. I had a look at the team. I thought, yeah, interesting. Interesting to see those all those centre-backs playing. We've done that previously, haven't we, over the last few weeks, I think. I can't remember which game it was where we brought them. I think one of them came on as a sub and we, we had the five centre-backs playing. So um, the four centre-backs playing. Um, so I wasn't really too worried about that. Williams has done an average job at right-back sometimes. And Beckles is clearly... Below average, I'd say. I think, yeah, probably fair. fair. But Beckles has been doing okay at left-back, I think, in terms of his performance. So um, that was interesting. In terms of the, the the four players, until we saw it line up, I wasn't really too sure what, what was going to line up, to be honest with you. So it was interesting to see how they did line up when everybody well, got people out were joking pitch. that Lang might be playing right-wing-back. <laughs> yeah, well, we said that the other week, didn't we? But um, when, it, when it got there, it did look... You know, a bit more attacking and front foot than we've been playing traditionally this season. Um, for me, however, the game was pretty scrappy in the opening 10 15 minutes. It wasn't much of a watch, Ollie. And I will say, having stood there, there was these big showers of rain coming through. It was windy. The pitch was a bit of a state. It didn't, you know, it wasn't the sort of day we were going to see either of these teams play flowing football. Bristol, Bristol Rovers are quite an attritional team. They like to hit it long and hit hit the big guy up front. Um, whereas we did try to play a little bit more football, but it, it kept getting let down by stray passes and, and bits and pieces going wrong. But a lot of that possibly was related to conditions. So it wasn't an exciting, entertaining first 15 minutes for me, Ollie. It wasn't as a half, as a whole half. It wasn't overly entertaining. Yeah, but true. from a salad perspective, it was definitely um, better being a salad fan than a Rovers fan watching that first half. Oh God, they were awful. Yeah. We, yeah, they were dog awful. Um, and I thought at times we did some nice bits of football. Um, again, playing, I think it looks to me like we're getting a bit more comfortable playing four at the back. I'm not saying we're a stellar or anything, but we're definitely feeling, looking a bit more um, bit more balanced in that kind of, in that formation. Nice bit of play from, from Laurent. Um, does the left back, um, gets the, gets the, runs into the box, um, drags down and he, he goes for a corner. And this is one of the things that really annoys me is that the referees sometimes just kind of go for the easy options where, you know, there was definitely a, a free kick that should have been played before, but he gave a corner and obviously the free kick would have been in a better position. Mm. Um, we The corner um, comes in and, and again, one of the classic Shrewsbury Town corner from this season, nothing happens. No, our corners were generally pretty poor. Again, the wind didn't help either team in terms of corners, I didn't think. But um, obviously, you know, it, it is an excuse every week because it's been happening for weeks and weeks. Um, there was another moment where Doe kind of got in and, and had a good shot saved, which I thought was a half chance that he probably could have done a little bit better. And then poor old Doe got smashed um, in that first half. He got really, there was a sort of header chance and guy came right through him really bad. I thought he was going to have to go off at that point, but... He's quite strong-minded and strong-willed, though. He takes a bit and of punishment. strong as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he takes a bit of a battering off big centre back sometimes. But you know, he's robust and he gets back up and he has a go. I like that about him. Yeah, and he had a good opportunity. So, sixty minutes in, um, this got me off my seat. Um, so, yeah, um, Lang um, has a has a shot rebound and it comes to a doe. Um, really good opportunity. Um, he has yeah. a fire um, fires at goal, but the keeper does a really good save of his foot. Uh, and and that was unfortunate. We could have quite easily have scored there. Yeah, there was a couple of chances, weren't there? Obviously, Lang and then the, the rebound as well. And it felt like a big miss that because as much as the game had been scrappy, I think Town fair enough. I think you said that it was an encouraging up to that sixty minutes. We've generally been on top. I don't think Bristol Rovers had really bothered us at all, to, to be no. honest. But there there wasn't much going on in the game. But yeah, it felt like it would have been a good chance to go ahead. Um, wasn't to be, but obviously Odo got his uh, got his better chance later on, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for me, I'm going to use a bit of a bit of the game now to kind of identify one of the kind of frustrations I think with having central defenders playing fullback. 
Um, so Lang plays Beckles, who was in the box, yeah, and he, he just couldn't control it. Literally couldn't control it. It let him down, and he goes for a goal kick. Um, and it was true, I think, of both both Beckles and Williams. Um, you know, good, honest players, and they'll try their best. But in terms of um, their distribution, Beckles is obviously a bit better. He is he's good at he is good at crossing the ball. To be fair to him, yeah. Um, and if he thinks he's got a chance, he will have a go at going past someone. Um, but Williams, bless him, he, he, until until his until his um, his contribution in the second half, all of his passing and crossings went out or hit a player. Mm-hmm. Um, none of his crosses in the first half, um, and none of his crosses in the second half either, um, found a man. Uh, and it's it's almost like you know we go to four at the back. But we find a way to to kind of nullify our attacking threat. Yeah, I mean, Goldborn's not much of a crosser either in some respects. And I think he's a bit better than Beckles, though. To be fair. And what about Love? I mean, we've lamented his crosses all season. It's, yeah. It is a big problem that none of the players at the back really seem to have. That well, that's back why we've got three fullbacks on the bench because exactly. none of them are really any good. Exactly. So it is interesting. You've got to give Williams and Beckles a bit of credit. You know, they did the job. They got up there. You know, they kept messing it up, but they were doing well in terms of pushing up and keeping Bristol Rovers. They were trying. Yeah, they did try. But we don't really, without being too mean, we don't really want tryers. (laughs) We want someone (laughs) who can actually put the ball in the the box. Hmm. True enough, I suppose. Uh, away from the, the away from that issue, for me, I thought that Vela did okay in that first half in terms of being sort of maybe yeah. the deeper one at all times. He seems to be okay at that role. I maybe maybe I'll be able to stop thinking about Anthony Grant in a few weeks' time, and you know it'll it'll all be about Vela. But I can see him molding into that that role. Um, I think he's, he's more of a box to box than a, a deep liar. Um, didn't but, play like that on Saturday. Yeah, well, he, him and Edwards were kind of next to each other at different mm. times of the game. But yeah, clearly Edwards is going to push forward. But he got he's, forward, he's yeah. looking like a good player. Yep. No, on, on evidence. Saturday I was quite impressed with him say Edwards I thought had a good first half as well to be honest with you um couldn't get Cummins into it was my frustration the first half Ollie. Yeah. Um, as, as our most talented striker pres- presumably you know and and the one that's the the sort of one that you think is going to get the goals he worked hard but you know he, he's not we're not getting him in the game when he's playing out there instead of the role it does it does through the middle you know to me sometimes it feels like you either play a doe or Cummings through the middle and one of them has to sit on the bench and you play someone else in that other role um so it's it is a frustration really but waiting um, for Wally to come back really aren't we to play in that position if Wally's fit one of Cummings or doe isn't playing yeah, yeah. I think, well Cummings, I think Cummings gets dropped yeah and, I think you tr- I think that's fair yeah. so it was a frustration he couldn't get into the game he, he did try hard though he he was getting frustrated though there was a moment where La- uh, Laurent played a pass and it just was miles ahead of him I think maybe got caught in the wind um, and he turned around and you could just see he was yeah, really shouting he was really frustrated that was a funny moment in the game yeah uh, but however when he got subbed off later on after we'd scored he was full of good spirits so it seems like he's a good character like because he was 5-5 yeah. I think he was and, frustrated and you know yeah. it's like um, you don't I don't mind players being frustrated when they get subbed I don't mind players being frustrated when things don't go their way as yeah. long as it's in the right sense and he was frustrated there because he wanted to score and he wanted to get a goal and an assist um, it wasn't. He was frustrated with the situation rather than think than you know being too harsh on on Lawrence. It was a yep. poor ball, but yeah, his frustration wasn't a, an angry player shouting at his players causing disarmament. It was a, a reaction to the moment, wasn't it? Yeah, he probably saw that he was in if it, the right pass exactly. was there. Exactly, he, he, he was clearly in. Yeah. Really good opportunity. Um, it was the other thing I, I haven't mentioned, Ollie, which was the highlight of the first half was. Uh, when we crossed two balls in, and the first one hit a Bristol Rovers player right in the balls, 
The ball came back out, got recycled. We crossed another <laughs> ball in, and it hit another Bristol Rover player right in the balls. And <laughs> that two was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and, two men down. It was quite two funny. Two men down, yeah. And even the Bristol Rovers fans were absolutely laughing. We were sort of looking across their bit of terrace next to us, and that was hilarious, to be fair. And they got up and they played on, so they weren't they weren't damaged for a long time. But we all know that pain, Ollie. It is not nice. <laughs> no, it does hurt. Especially on a winter's God. day, a winter, cold winter's oh. day. It was uh, all moments. Um and yeah, probably our best chance of the game came to um, Laurent again. You know, we can't criticise his running at all and his dribbling ability. It's fantastic. Um, he runs into the box, plays it to a doe. Really good play from a doe here. He knows that he's in a position where he could shoot, but he was going to be blocked. So he lays it off to Cummings. Cummings shoots quite poor effort. Then it comes to Lang. He has a shot um, saved by the, um, the keeper's foot. And for me, it just I tweeted at this point that Taron cursed. Oh God, we should have scored. We should have scored in that moment. And uh, this was the moment I was talking about earlier on when we were just talking a second ago. I got the chances mixed up. But yeah, this was the one, the double chance. And yeah, it just... What can you say? You kind of take a sharp take a breath and just think, we've just been saying this all season, finishing, 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 isn't it? And um, yeah, it's just not there, is it? And, and it wasn't on, on that first half either. But um, thankfully, it didn't count for too much in this game. But yeah, that was it, really. There was another moment where Aliri had a poor... scare, yeah. yeah Aliri, yeah. terrible kick. He kicks it basically right to their player. Yeah. Maybe like a metre or two from the D. Um, and then e, um, e, um, Ebanks has to f- do a professional foul. Um, he gets a booked. Um, and then their free kick. Maybe he'll blame the wind, but that went flying over. It was a, it was a threat to the to the fans behind that goal. It was terrible. A lot of the set pieces were awful, awful, awful in this game for both teams. But as I say, there were reasons for that. Um, and yeah, to be fair, Bristol Rose were booed off. They were abject first half. Really poor. They did not threaten us at all. Um, and, you know, even before at the back, you know, we don't need five when we're playing teams like this. I wish we'd learned that earlier this season. How many times did we say it? Poor teams, impose your game, they're likely to not, not to threaten you so much. And that was exactly the case in this game. I think the two centre-backs stood really firm against, um, is it Clark Harris, the, the guy that scored 11 goals to them? He's not a bad yeah. player. They did really well against him in the physical stuff compared to Andy Cook on Tuesday where they, they didn't do so well. I think maybe having more physicality with Beckles and Williams coming across as well helped. So I thought the defence stood stood strong. We tried to break them down. We had the chances. It wasn't a very high-quality game of football, but we shaded it. So, you know, as a town fan, you were definitely the happier at half-time. Yeah, happy. Could have been happier, obviously, if we Could got, have been, um, if we got, obviously got the, the goal. That we, but, yeah, in terms of performance and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah, not too many um, calls for complaints, apart from, obviously, not nope. scoring. Um, and... Yeah, it's one of those games where you could have gone either way. Um, you could have maybe have got a turnaround. Fortunately for us, Rovers were pretty abject um, from start to finish. Um, and yeah, I guess yeah, probably worth moving on to the second half. I guess. Yeah, there was nothing doing nothing doing at Bristol Rovers at half time in the cold or the terrace. So we were just ready for it to kick off again. It got at half time. I must say, Ollie, it wasn't it wasn't freezing in the first half, but at half time the wind really started to get up even more than it had done in the first half and, and it got worse and worse as the game went on. Like the, the last five, six minutes, it was so windy and rainy that it was, you couldn't really play football in Ollie. It was it was in, it was was just not possible, um, which helped us really because we were one up and we were trying to see a game out. So, um, But yeah, it got cold then and everybody started to put on their gloves and, and hands were getting cold then. And so it was no, just kind of... to reduce your tweeting. Yeah, definitely did on Saturday, and it was just like you thinking. I really would like to see a score now because this is a, this is a bit of a this is a bit of a chore. This game, um, and to win this would be delightful and make it all worthwhile. And obviously, we'll get to that in a minute. But it happened. But uh, yeah, again, it 
to me, it was a similar pattern. I still didn't think there was a huge amount of quality in the game, but we were just doing the best bits. Um, and, but and being just... naive, but being naive, and, and it's frustrating mm-hmm. um, because we are a naive team at times. So Beckles was in the left back position, um, defending a winger. I think it was actually Josh, um, Josh Ginley from our youth system. Yeah, and he was all he was all arms. It's all arms. I mean, gave away a free kick. He was moaning, but he's got nothing to minge about. When he's got the, when you put your hands on the back of a, a winger, he's going to go down. Um, they won a free kick, and probably if there was, there's two uh, moments of of quality in this game, both from Shrewsbury Town players. I don't mean the moments where we kick them in the balls. Um, I mean <laughs> where they put a really good, um, good free kick in, a really good header um, from the free kick, and an absolutely wonderful save from Max Gary. Yep. Yeah, it was a really good save and a very, very important time for us uh, as well. Obviously, Max being a Bristol City player would have probably enjoyed that a little bit yeah. more, wouldn't he? But um, yeah, it, it was massive. You know, had we gone one nil down, you don't know what could have happened in that game. We've seen our heads drop a few times, um, but yeah, came at the right time. And and I say that was the only shot on target they had in the whole game, Ollie. Literally the whole game. And from that point onwards, they didn't they didn't threaten us, did they? Let's be no. honest about it. They had they zero had four chances. shots at home and yeah. one on target and one corner. Um, and, we, like and we're we're not a possession side, <laughs> and we certainly not possession side in our new formation because we're getting used to it. But we shaded them in possession, um, and actually this actually moves on to probably one of the best bits of play we did all game. Um, Edwards played it to Laurent, who played it to Cummings, who cut inside, and I don't know why. I don't know if they'd done any prep. It was almost as if like they, no one had told them that Cummings has a left foot, um, and he <laughs> runs into the box. He gets near the penalty spot. He has a shot. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure you, you watching this from the terrace, Glenn, you thought you probably would have scored at that point. Um, yeah, from from the side, it looked like a harder chance than I think it looks like on the highlights later on. I think he should definitely have done better. Oh, we had loads of time and space. Yeah, yeah. He definitely should have got got it on got on target. From the terrace, looking like directly in line with him, it looked harder. I don't know what you know. It, it does when you kind yeah. of not got that. You're angle quite low at that terrace as well, aren't you? Yeah, so I wasn't overly annoyed when he missed it. It was almost like, oh, that was kind of unlucky sort of thing. But yeah, definitely, you know, player of Cummins' his quality should have done better with that. Um, but it wasn't too long late, and we really to wait for the goal after that, was it? And um, it, it was fantastic in terms of another moment on the terrace at Bristol Rovers. It was a really nice bit of play, I thought. Um, Lawrence Cummings, Williams went on a really good run. You've got to give him all the credit in the world, Ollie, for for, for pushing on, you know, overlapping centre-backs and all that. Except we're not doing it with five at the back anymore, Ollie. Um, so, yeah, um, pushed on into the middle of the Rovers half, passed it on to a doe. And I thought he took, took a really good touch, really good turn, and a fantastic bloody finish. I thought it was really good. I, I tweeted it was world class, Ollie. Maybe it wasn't quite that good on retroflex, but I was cold. <laughs> so it was um, a really, really nice bit of play. Really good fantastic. technique to move it onto his left foot, um, and then the fire uh, fired uh, into the back of the net. A really, really good effort. Um, so it's surprising that he hasn't scored since August. Um, yeah. And it's it's yeah. He's again as we discussed in the first game. We haven't scored enough goals, and and our strikers are just not scoring. And yeah, but but this was a really nice goal and an absolutely brilliant moment, and one that yeah, I was definitely jumping up and down with glee when we scored, and I can imagine the terrace was going quite crazy. It was we were right on the sort of second row back, and all, all the sort of lads had congregated down the front. You know, the chanters and the singers. My little lad had gone under the barrier down with them, and I've got a really good video that I put on Twitter of the celebrations afterwards, and it, it was great. I, I do like you know that. For all the rubbish that's gone on this season, you know, if I ever look back on this season, that'll be one of those moments where I think, yeah, do you know what? I bloody enjoyed that. I enjoyed my trip to Bristol. Had a great day out. We got the win. There was a good, cool moment on the terrace where the players came over with the fans. It was a sort of celebration together. My children enjoyed it. You know, there was something to talk about. The whole the whole thing kind of came together. Do you know what I mean? And 
away from all of that, I was pretty convinced as soon as we scored, Ollie, we won the game because I just thought Rovers are abject. There's there's nothing. There's no chance they're going to get anything at this game. And with the conditions deteriorating, I thought we'd done it. I thought we'd got over the line. So it was almost like one of those goals where you thought, no, that's massive. That's a really massive goal for yeah. the context of this game, for the context of Sam Ricketts, for the context of this season. It was a huge goal. You couldn't you couldn't say anything other than that. Yeah, it was a really really big goal. Sixty nine minutes in. Yep. Um, again, town on top. Uh, and yeah, it's funny actually. We 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 slowed down a bit, I think, in terms of attacking threat as um, after we scored the goal. Um, but we still had a couple of chances. Um, Lang was found, and there was a, a free kick cleared, and Edwards had a shot blocked, then reworked, and then Ed, um, Lang hit the side net in. Yep. Um, and then they had a bit of pressure, as teams always do when they're trying to get for the win. I don't know why this always happens. I was watching the end of the Man City Villa game. I don't know why the the team that pushing always seemed to get the ball. It's quite funny. Um, and then basically we ran at the other end. Um, and we had a shot, went for a corner, um, but the final whistle, cue, lots of boos at full time from the Rovers fans, but obviously celebrations <laughs> in the way end. The Terra fans had been loving it for the five minutes, six minutes before the end. There's the sort of, the, the Bristol Rovers Terrace, if anyone's not been there, is next to the, the, the on the side, yeah. stops about a third of the way up there. And then there's stairs that come down from the upper bit of the seated area for Bristol um, Rovers fans. And as they come down, they, they, they get full in the view of the Shrewsbury Town fans. And so we were all just chanting, see ya, bye, like waving bye at them as they went down. People with their sort of hoods around their necks, not looking at you with heads down and stuff that was hilarious to be fair um and you can see the bench were absolutely delighted at the end and it was a real good celebration one of those ones of you know you take a hardy bunch away to a place like bristol rovers on a day like that your players credit to them they fought hard they were gritty they were determined they didn't uh you know bulk in the face of physicality all the trademarks of a shrewsbury town team in my opinion and it just came together. It was just a good moment and a, and a good, good one of the better away wins this season. Well, there haven't been many, have there? But one of the better away wins I've personally been to this season. So I was, I was bloody delighted at the end, Ollie. Really chuffed. There's something about an away win, isn't there? Because, yeah, oh, as you sure. say, the, the, hard, the away fans are the hardcore. They're normally more support, not more supportive, but they're normally more forgiving, I'd say. Um, you yeah. know, and they're definitely, um, you know, and it was good to see that the players ran to the away fans to show that that's still, that's, while we've been frustrated and there's been some reactions at home, um, it was great to see that the players ran to the away fans um, to celebrate the mm. goal, which was really good to see. I, I do agree with you about away fans. You know, that, that no one is a better fan. If you went to free games... No, I didn't mean better fan. No, I, no, I, I, that... did, I, know, I know you didn't, Ollie, because we've covered this before, but, you know, you, you do think on a day like that, the time and the cost commitment to keep going to every away game week in week out in a season like this does you know put you in a bracket of fans that are to totally committed to this football club and I don't go every week to you know anyone that's to podcast I don't go to every away game I certainly can't make many Tuesday night away games and, and kids and stuff but there are guys there that I see week in week out and I just I tip my hat to them every time I go you know the, the guys that never miss because it is such a commitment and um, they're the guys that get that sp- special extra reward for a result like that. Like every town fan is delighted we got a job done against Bristol Rovers. We've started to try and turn the season around. We're all buzzing, but I, I do look around sometimes, see them old boys that go every week and not not just boys, some of the girls as well. And I think fair play, they they get just that little bit more out of those moments and they and they deserve it, to be fair. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been too many away, away no. victories this season. Um, and it was, it was a good win, um, an important win in terms of league position. It put us up to 15th, which just feels a bit better. Jeez. Um, so yeah, we jumped up from potentially we could have gone down to nineteenth. We jumped all the way up to fifteenth. It's crazy. We're one point behind Bristol Rovers now, and one point ahead of Accrington Stanley, um, and we're two th- yeah two ahead of Lincoln, uh, who I knew wouldn't have a superb season. You never do when you you come up that fast. No, and if coronavirus hits this week, Ollie, we'll 
cool season off, finish fifteenth. Everybody's happy, yeah. Is that is that the plan? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just been looking. It's just been uh, looking at Twitter today, just like another case come through in Scotland. I don't know. Just an interesting thing because it, it's, it's quickly worth talking about that because obviously. I don't know if you're aware of the, the things that are going on in other countries, but yeah. like Switzerland have called off all their football for the next few weeks because of, yeah, Italy have been closing yeah. off games, um, and I'm, like I'm that. sure that the FA and the EFL must have contingencies for something like that happening. And you know, if it's less than a thousand people can have a, a, a congregation, but anything more can't, like they are doing in Switzerland, you're basically cancelling. Let's just show true attendances, then it will be fine. <laughs> yeah, if we just pretend, yeah, if we just go out and say there's only thousand people. There. But interesting. I just, I was just thinking about the driving home last week about how how the season would finish. But we'll see. It's maybe a few weeks before any of that problems come along. But um, yeah, I don't know. There you go. Classic sidetrack. Back to yeah. top three, Ollie. <laughs> so yeah, we'll just on that. I'll just say Bristol Rovers were one of the worst teams I think I've seen us play all season. Um, I thought they were oh, God, really poor. They're gonna. I mean, where they're not they gonna go down. They'll be fine. No, they're but, not. Are they? um, but their fans are. As um, Stefan Payne would 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 agree, um, they are quite a opinionated bunch. Um, obviously, <laughs> we've been quite opinionated recently, but we're nowhere near the bare kind of levels no. of, of um, let's say, sharing feedback. Yes, they definitely shared some feedback at the end of the game. Molly. And <laughs> what I liked about the Bristol Rose fans the most was I was leaving a game walking up the road with, with the kids trying to go back to the car and these Bristol Rovers fans were in front of us talking a couple of old boys and they were like we've had no shots on target in that whole game no shots on target I was like mate <laughs> welcome to our world over the last the rest of the season because we've had that three times haven't we so it was quite nice to hear another set of fans talking about that other fans is this your captain misery you're happy for other people to have a bit of misery as well <laughs> damn right share the misery around share the misery around yeah my top three Ollie I'll run through them quick but um, yeah I went for a doe great goal didn't stop running Good work rate. I say the physicality of him is something we keep talking about now, and it is a real good good thing that he's got. Good performance all in all. I, I went for Edwards again. He has definitely, definitely been one of our best players in the last six weeks, even during the bad run. And I think it's always been like a um, a personal pride thing for his football club. And, you know, I can only credit him for that because he stood, stood up to the plate when some of us, uh, particularly experienced players, have gone missing for me. So he's starting to help turn the ship round. And third place, again, there was a few I could have picked from. I actually went for Vela. I mean, I'm not giving him any points this season because he's only just joined so far. But I thought worth recognising the role that he's doing at the moment in terms of that sitting midfield, um, which is just as important. Now than it ever was because we're playing four at the back now. So thought he had a good performance. Yeah, I went for a doe and, and then Edwards again. Uh, okay. Interesting, we both went for the same first two, and then okay. I went for Pierre. I thought he had a good performance. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, nope. Was strong, um, strong in his, in his performance. So I thought that was good. Yeah, Ebanks was good as well. To be fair, uh, yeah. central defenders, two two central defenders. Who needs three? Eh? Um, a? <laughs> yeah. So what did um, Sam Ricketts have to say? He enjoyed the win. Um, good passing, good movement. Um, first half, we should have been up at half time, as we as we've alluded to. But we're always in control and can't disagree from there. Um, second half, we eventually got just rewards. Very little to be concerned of. Um, and he said we're evolving into a side that can change shapes. So obviously, linking back to the formation change. Um, and obviously, he's pleased. You know, fifteenth is okay, but we want to do better. Um, and then he goes on to talk about a doe. And obviously, a doe um, had got a cast on his um, on his hand in the week, so he mm, could play. Yeah. Um, so definitely, uh, and these are kind of. And it's, I loved all the comments. I'm sure you saw them as well on Twitter, Glenn, um, talking about Lang saying he's his strike partner and all this. And there seems to be a lot of love for Adoy. So it was lovely to see him get that goal. Well, a very well liked member of the team. I would suggest he is. Yeah, obviously, a, obviously a, a nice lad and, and someone that everyone gets on with. Well, if Sam Rickers wanted to ever take any advice off me, do you know what I'd be battering in every pre-match, post-match interview? Evolving, changing, growing, becoming something different. 
those are the messages he needs to get out to the fan base now because he's got legitimacy in saying that because we have now changed our formation. We are playing a slightly different brand of football. There is something to hang your hat on to talk about change, development, improvement. He needs to be better in that week in, week out because that's the thing that buys him a bit more time and a bit more credit. Um, and if he can keep doing, getting the odd good result here and there like we have done over the last three games... That's a legitimate thing to be saying in his post-match interviews. Yeah. That's, that would be my advice for him as a PR consultant. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because that links quite nicely to a, a tweet I did in the week um, yep. on Wednesday um, where I said that um, Sam Ricketts, and you were in the meeting as well, Glenn, so you, you know how important this was, that 100%. Sam Ricketts built the whole season on basically five at the back. And, you know, you could say it hasn't really worked. Now we've resorted to four at the back and are playing direct football by passing field. It's not a surprise it took so long for the manager to drop his plan for the season. But the fact that he's dropped his plan is a huge statement. Yeah, he's had to he's had to he's had to admit defeat, Ollie, frankly. All the work preseason went to shit, frankly, you know, in terms of that structure, that team approach, the way it was going to work and the results it would get. It didn't happen, did it? It happened up to Christmas and it got a, a series of decent results. Attritional, hard-working. very good hard, summary. Hard, yeah, hard-working, you know, binary scoreline results that were not entertaining to watch. Is is it going to start to get us, you know, similar results but be more entertaining to watch now? I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on it. But Ricketts has had to basically admit defeat in what he'd planned the whole season around, Ollie. I totally agree with you. I'm glad he has because I hated watching it. I tweeted the other week, you know, I hate watching the Sam Ricketts team. I'm not so hating it this at the moment. Even the Tramier game was was more enjoyable to watch at times. Yeah, and there's more going on in the games. Um, so uh, yeah, he's had to he's had to take one on the chin. I'm afraid, and and that's what the the sign of a of a manager that's learning the game is going to have to do. They're going to have to start to be more flexible. Yeah, this is an interesting interesting point, which kind of leads onto a, a conversation I had um, a private conversation I had with Phil Thomas on Twitter in direct. It's not messages. private anymore, Ollie. Um, so no, I'm sharing it, and he's, he's given me permission to share the conversation. Um, so and um, it was really interesting conversation. The, the chat from Phil has made me kind of rethink what I'm, where I am, and what I'm thinking about kind of Sam Ricketts and looking forward. So, um, so Phil mentions, you know, Sam Ricketts. He thinks has a bit of a feel about Gareth Ainsworth. First couple of seasons, you know, not really great progress. Maybe even got worse. Um, but now they're having a great season in League One. Um, and he also goes into a point as well. It'd be, it'd be fascinating to understand what um, the discussion would be in the season review with with um, with Roland and Brian. You know, what would Sam say has been you know good things about the season? What have been bad things? What he's learnt? And that made me kind of think. You know, like obviously a lot of fans. And we've we've shared some polls, and a lot of fans are thinking. You know, should we sack the manager? And as soon as we lose, you see on social media, Sam's got to go. Sam's got to get sacked. You know, we need a new manager. And I don't know, this, as this course of the week has gone on, even after, obviously, your really poor defeat um, at home to Tranmere, I'm thinking, what's the... There's obviously, if we sack the manager, there's a risk. There's an element that nothing will get better and we'll just get another John Askey, um, another another Mickey Menon in League One, um, and potentially, you know, after one season, one full season so far under Sam Ricketts, you know, the same kind of low lower league level one kind of performance. And that's got me thinking... You know why don't we just why don't we try and stick with him? It's just I haven't quite come to my conclusion yet. I'm just kind of debating in my head. But for mm. me, there's some merits in in sticking with him and giving him another opportunity to next season, because the risk is that we let him go and maybe um, I don't know another League One, League Two team pick him up, and then they get all the benefit of this season he's had and all the learning he's had this season. So I don't know whether what I'm basically getting to is 
maybe there's maybe it's, it's, we'd be getting rid of him would actually be quite a bad thing, and maybe we're actually better off sticking with him. I think it's a point that maybe Phil's talked to you about this week, but it's a point that I've seen a lot of people talk about. Maybe we, in fairness, haven't reflected enough on this podcast this season because we've, we've got angry. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it's a it's a totally fair point. Um, I, I'm personally still not bothered if if we if he went and we got someone else in. I don't and I don't really perceive that by the time the summer comes around, player turnover will be huge. We'll just rebuild a new squad from scratch like we do every single season pretty much. And so it doesn't really matter who is manager. If you wanted to move, it wouldn't really be disastrous, I don't think. But on the flip side, Ollie, you could think of a lot of examples as to why what you just said is totally valid. Coventry are absolutely storming away at the top of the league now. You know, Wickham have fallen away. Your better example isn't Gareth Ainsworth. Your better example is Mark Robbins. He's or been even under pressure. Portsmouth as well. They, they yeah. could have sacked their manager and they stuck with him. Exactly. You you could look yeah but you look, but the point about Mark uh, Robbins is he's been there since 2017 he's been close to getting sacked a couple of times at Cov. Yeah. Um he's really been on the ropes and now he's completely turned things around he, he gets that club obviously and and is starting to get results you know any change of manager is a huge risk isn't it and and we yeah. will talk about that every single time it happens it could be a positive risk it can be a negative risk you know getting rid of um, Mellon at the time we did and bringing Hurst in that was a positive massive risk but it turned out to be a good risk but then bringing Askey in. Huge risk. You know, you go over all the managers we've had, yeah. And so, you don't know. I, I, I can understand what Phil's saying, but it's so hard to judge because you have no idea who we'd replace him with. No. And if you brought in Ian Ebert, you might bring the Baron Furness style of Barcelona football they're playing to Shrewsbury, and it might be amazing. You know, we might bring in Nathan Jones, who, who had a really good team at Luton playing really exciting football. You might bring in, you know, the guy from Newport County, who, who's probably a bit more attritional, but has had teams that people are getting behind and, and, and having that kind of link with. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that getting rid of Sam Ricketts is is now the be-all and end-all about the solution and the future of this club. It's a fair comment, but there's also just as fair to say that another manager coming in could do just a good job, yeah. if not better. Yeah, my specific point going to kind of, kind of I guess, point oh, just repeat. Did I not listen to you? <laughs> it was, no, 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 you were, you were. It was just I was wanting to repeat again is that there's a risk that if we get let him go, someone else is going to kind of have the benefit of the experience he's had from this season. Um, in, in football circles, he's, mm. you hear he's got a reputation as someone with potential. Um, so yeah, it'd just be gutting when it for we we moan about him, let him go, um, and then he goes <laughs> and goes on and, and takes a club up or you know does really well. So just that's, just, that's the thought I was just thinking, mm, and, and yeah. I think it's just interesting. And it's good to share um, opinions of different fans, and and also you know just yeah, it's it's interesting interesting discussion. Uh- I wonder what uh, Scunthorpe fans would think of the experience that Paul Hurst had with us when exactly. he went to manage them. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's a, there's a counter argument to everything. But and you look at Paul discussion. Lambert, <laughs> yeah, job, exactly, which is quite funny. Exactly. So it's interesting. Uh, you know, to me, you know, these two results, these two wins have been massive. It's taken a lot of the pressure away, even with throwing in that absolutely atrocious result at Tranmere. You know, I don't think that the pressure is going to ratchet up unless we go and lose the next three or four again, um, which. You know, seems unlikely now if we're starting to be a bit more attacking, but you never know. And you know, the signals and the motions and the things about the club are there's no changes happening here. And there's not been any, you know, even during the bad run, there was no statement of, you know, he's the man for us to then put more pressure on him. It's been what it is. They're not going to change it. So I think, you know, we're starting to realise that as this bad run's gone on, that this is more of a long term project. And unless things went horrendously, disastrously bad at the start of next season, he's probably going to be here till next Christmas. Oh, I think he's going to be here for a while. Um, mm. And hopefully, yeah, he'll have his... It would be his fourth transfer window in the summer. Um, and I think it'd be fascinating. To, and I think we'd love to have a conversation to find out what the plan is for next season. Are we going to go four at the back? I really hope so. Um, 
And yeah, it'd be interesting to get his thoughts on you know his recruitment and where we stand. Um, well, we're just signing Will Grigg in the summer, Ollie. I'm telling you, if he doesn't sign him now, it's a load of bollocks, isn't it? So if he doesn't sign Will Grigg, <laughs> Rick it's out. Um, so let's leave that there. Let's. There's no salad news this week. There's no. Literally nothing happened off the pitch. Um, it was all on the pitch. But we'll just cover sort of next week, really, and the predictions that we've got coming up. So we both went for a one-one draw, didn't we, last week? Which was close, but not yeah. close enough. So no points. Um, obviously, our next game um, next Saturday is at home too. Is at home to Oxford, um, which is going to well be done. a tough, tough game. Um, they are in the playoffs. Um, and they beat Southend 2-1 at the weekend. Before then, they beat Accrington Stanley 3-0. Before then, they beat Ipswich 1-0. Before then, mm. they beat um, Wimbledon 5-0. So um, they've had um, yeah a few clean sheets <laughs> in the last few weeks, um, and they scored a bucket full of goals. So there we go, Glenn. Um, what's your prediction? I might just stick with 1-1 again. I was thinking I'm going to go for a draw, but I'm going to go for <laughs> two-all two all draw. Oh, OK. You think we're going to be getting the goals? I think we're going to score, have two own goals. Okay, there you go. Well, that's all right. I'll take. I think we take a draw against Oxford at home, regardless, wouldn't we? So that that would be Respect fine. That'd the be point. Little step along the way, wouldn't it? So, yeah, I think overall it's been a, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? From the abject and and worries about taking two two, two steps back against Tranmere, um, you then get to the second game and it kind of starts to give you the other side of it. So again, we're still in this holding pattern, aren't we? Of really figuring out what direction we're heading in now and and what the new tactics are and. Um, yeah, you're right. We probably won't hear about that new strategy and the new plan until the summer when Ricketts kind of decides to, to sort of maybe get that message out again like he did last year. So it'll be interesting. There's loads of games left yet, though, Wally, that we're going to have to go through. So it, it's a, it's just a bit of a, a trudge towards the end of the season, really, isn't it? Yeah, and hopefully we can play a bit trudge. of attacking football, um, score a few goals. Um, and maybe um, maybe play that goalkeeper. What's his name? Who you really want to play? Harry Burgoyne. Yeah, he'll definitely play. Probably, <laughs> I'm sure I hope he doesn't. I said, I hope he doesn't. Uh, just so I can go back and click this up and ask you why didn't he play? I don't know why you've got it in your head. He's going to play. I think he's just definitely going to play. <laughs> why? I'm, I don't know I'm why you think to... this. Do you, have you spoken to his dad or something? There's absolutely no reason for him to be here if he doesn't play, Ollie. Do you not think? I have no idea, mate. I have no idea. It's not. There's no point in him being <laughs> it's here. It's really if he funny. Play. You talk about it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced convinced Ollie we'll leave it there anyway for this week and we'll thank everyone for listening yeah thanks for hearing us drone on and um, yeah we'll be back again next week won't we good stuff alright glad to have a win we're on our way <laughs> catch you next week guys oh!